0: GCR, Genesis Christian Radio, no compromise biblical teaching on TuneIn and www.genesischristianradio.com. Well, welcome back. We've got Pastor Samson DiButo from Moment of Truth Ministries with us in the studio tonight. And we've just been chatting about some of the things of the Lord and some of the things which have gone off slightly from what I'd planned to uh, ask Samson tonight. Because really it's an introduction just for us to get to know Samson, who does broadcast Every day of the week here in Genesis, he broadcasts in the morning, he broadcasts in the evening, Every he broadcasts day. at the weekend. <laughs> where do you get the energy from, young man?
1: I know, Still lots, lots grace.
0: You, you've got quite an archive of yes. material. I just want to lead people actually, a little bit to your, to your ministry, Moments okay. of Truth, because I was going to ask you earlier, where you got the idea of Moments of Truth as a name? Okay. Because it, it made me think... Why moments? Why not eternal truth? Or why not everlasting truth? Why moments of truth?
1: I see everyone that comes to Christ comes to Christ because of a moment of truth. Okay, got gotcha, you.
0: Now, okay, I'm with you. That's the reason yeah. why. Yeah.
1: Uh, whether we're talking about Nicodemus, we're talking about Paul the Apostle, we're talking about uh, God calling Matthew, we're talking about when Peter, uh, James, John, and Andrew were fishing and Christ appeared and called them into the ministry. All those examples are moments of truth. And it, that decides our eternity. What we do with that moment of truth, if we accept it, for instance, on the hill called Gogotha, Calvary, mm-hmm. two thieves had the moment of truth. Christ was in between them, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, but at the same time, the sacrificial lamb, that was acceptable uh, in the sight of God. Both of these thieves had the moment of truth yes. right there and then. One took it; the other didn't. Isn't
0: but, that an important thing? That I, I, I think I, I'm of a mindset that in this life that we live, you may have multiple opportunities to come to the Lord. Yes. And I don't think the Lord ever gives up on anybody, regardless mm-hmm. of who you are. Yes. But one day. It might be the last opportunity. Absolutely, and you will never, because the circumstances, because suddenly you die or whatever, you will never get that opportunity again. Absolutely. So recognizing that moment, I think, is really significant. It's like when you said you just realized the Lord was speaking to you, yes. and you went back to your room and you got down on your knees. Absolutely. And it's a bit like the young Daniel. Yes. Yeah, you had. Um, the old vicar, the, the, old, the old rabbi, the old yes. priest, whatever you want to call him, yes. Eli. And even Eli yes. didn't initially recognize yes. that it was the Lord calling.
1: Mm.
0: And he said, if he calls again, yes.
1: and then right. say, yes. I'm listening. Absolutely. You know?
0: Absolutely. And we need to recognize the Lord's voice. And Absolutely. that's a very important thing. Yes. And that will stick with you now forever because you will know when the Lord's speaking to you with all the other hubbub of the world Absolutely. and the distortions and distractions of the devil You know the Lord's voice, don't you?
1: That's very true. That's very true. So back to, you know, the moment of truth. So uh, the Lord gave us that name. I I do recall I was at um, the train station one night, and I was listening to the word. And the Lord said, it's all about the truth. Right. It's about the truth. And people need to hear the truth. John 8.32 says that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The psalmist says that the truth is like a shield that defends us from the devil. John 17 says that we are sanctified by the truth. John 4 says that we should worship God in spirit and in truth. Mm. The church is washed by the washing of the word, which is the truth. John Fourteen Six says that Christ says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Mm. And therefore... Everything hinges on the truth. The question is, what do we do when we hear the truth? Yes. And that's where the Lord said, this is the focus of the ministry. You have to go out, not um, inspirational, motivational garbage. Go and preach the truth. Give people the moment of truth for them to decide whether they will embrace the truth like Paul did, or they will reject the truth like Pilate did. You know, it's, it's ironic. We're talking about truth now. Pilate at one point said, what is truth? Yes. Can you, th- you think about that? This is a man who was meant to be sitting in the seat of judgment, who should know right what is right and wrong on the basis of the truth. And here he is, sitting in the seat of judgment, he didn't know what truth was. And yet truth was right beside him there, Christ Jesus, who is the truth. So the name of the ministry, um, you know, it actually explains what the emphasis of the ministry is. To go and give the truth to the people. Which is one of the reasons why we save the sermons we have an archive of sermons messages that god has given that we believe who knows it might just be one that we played today or the one we played last time that would meet the need of a particular individual that that would be his own or her own moment of truth
0: do you know now you've explained that i can see how significant and how relevant it is because i'm i'm conjuring up ideas in my head and i'm thinking moments it doesn't it doesn't sit right And sometimes I think when you have good names like this, good labels, good whatever, you know, a good slogan perhaps, it creates a curiosity and people then ask you, why have you picked this? Yes, absolutely. in sales pitch, it's an opener,
1: Yes, you know, it is,
0: where yeah. if you just called yourself the North London Free Church, yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it I, means ab- nothing. Absolutely, I don't mean to put down I know other churches, mean. but yes, I know by having that
0: slightly quirky, catchy yes. title, shall we say, yes, people are going to ask you, even if there's no interest in things of the Lord, yes. they're going to ask you, why, why do you call up moments of truth? Absolutely. absolutely. And straight away you've got an audience. Yes. And you're then about the Lord's opportunity. An opportunity, yes, to Absolutely. reach out and share. So yes. I think names are very important. And I think when the Lord gave people a name, like Simon, Peter, and so on, yes. Paul, Saul, yes. I think those are significant. And sometimes we, as Christians, we negate our name. Hmm. You're Samson Sinjibutu. Yes. Christian. Yes. I'm Amos Farrell. Yes. Christian, after our Lord. Yes. And that name because we're adopted we're grafted in absolutely and i know we're originally called the way but what i'm getting is that we have got an honorable position
1: yes
0: we are doing the lord's work we are the lord's children so there has to be that respect absolutely there has to be that attitude of holiness to our god and savior absolutely because it's his
1: name absolutely
0: is the one that's going to be ridiculed and mocked by the world and we have to stand by it
1: absolutely and that way we need to represent him wherever we go you know we we are just his ambassadors, for yes. instance. You know, we're representing him. We are his eyes, we are his legs, you know, his hands. Uh, we are the one who are ministering on his behalf, and therefore, we are the Bible that the people are reading. So, if they haven't met Christ and they know nothing about Jesus Christ, they know nothing about the truth, uh, obviously, they don't have a Bible, then what do they need to do? Look at your life, look at my life. And then they knew what Christ stood for. It's exactly what happened when they brought uh, uh, Peter and John before the council. And it's, they looked at them. And then the Bible recalls that these people had been with Jesus. There's something about their life. And in, in Antioch, they were called Christians for the first, time. The first time. absolutely. Not yeah. because of the signs and the miracles and the wonders, but their life was reflective of
0: Father Christ Lord, Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Do you... In, in the world today, when you look at various churches and various denominations and the various parts of our body, do you get confused with some of the terminology that we've adopted from business and, and other things? Because I feel that secular people, i.e. people who aren't within the church, yes. we're tailoring the gospel yes. to make it acceptable. We're diluting it. We're we're editing, it, we're cutting and pasting, or mm. tipex and whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yes. You said something earlier on that I haven't heard somebody say in such a long time, apart from my own church, of course, sinner. Yes. Now, I was speaking to a pastor recently. They don't use the word repentance. They don't use the word sin because they think it's passe. They don't want to use those words because people will be offended by it. It's an old Englishy word. It's Jacopé English. And you're
1: going, no,
0: it's the Bible. It's
1: the label. It's the title God's given it. We should be using it. Absolutely. Now, you won't mind. I'm going to give you a... a a little bit long answer here. No, please do,
0: okay. please do.
1: Now, when Christ was tempted, the second temptation as recorded in the book of Matthew was that he should go to the pinnacle of the temple and fall down, and then the angels will carry him up. Mm. What was Satan trying to do? This is, the, this is what was going on here. This is the dynamics behind the scene. Satan knew that Jerusalem would be the place where Christ will receive the stiffest opposition. If anybody is going to be approved, they must be approved by the people in Jerusalem. They need to be sanctioned by the people in Jerusalem. If the people, the elders, the leaders, the religious people in Jerusalem do not sanction you, you don't have any repetition whatsoever. And so the devil was telling Jesus Christ, fall, go to Jerusalem, go to the pinnacle of the temple, fall down, let the angels save you, and guess what? Then you'll be accepted by the people that be in Jerusalem. What was he trying to do? He was trying to help God. But actually, it was a temptation. Mm -hmm. Many have fallen into that temptation. We want to help God. Let's take out sinner. Let's take out repentance. Let's take out judgment. Let's take out hell. You know, we want to help God. We want to reach the people. If the old time Gospel doesn 't save people, they will never get saved. If people don 't get saved by the simplicity of the Word of God, including sinner, repentance, righteousness, holiness, narrow way, straight gate, nothing else is going to save them. so people have fallen into the catch that temptation that was given that was that came across christ's way. Many people are falling into that same temptation. So they think they're helping God. They take repentance off the menu. When Christ said in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he said, repent ye and believe. Meaning what? It means that we can't really believe if we don't repent. The Bible says, repent ye one and believe. So real belief in Christ will not happen without repentance. Repentance is the doorway into salvation. As it says some Colossians, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So when we take repentance out of the menu, and we take righteousness out of the menu, we don't want to say sinner any longer. We don't want to say sin any longer. We say addiction. We say bad habit. Yes. You know, and they try to recoin it. And guess what? People are not getting saved. Life is not being changed. There's no power in the gospel. The Bible says the gospel of Christ is the power of God. The power that can destroy, the power that can take out the old life, the power that can crucify the flesh, the power that can give about a changed life. But we're not seeing that power. Why? Because if we don't use what God has given us, if we don't do it the Bible way, we won't get Bible results. And there's one more thing that ministers have to remember. Christ said, upon this rock... I will build Absolutely. my church. The petrol. So, if mm. he is the one building the church, mm. using today's language, if he is the foreman building the job, doing the work, building the church, guess what? He is the one that has the right, and he only has the right to decide what materials to use, because he is the one building. So, we don't have the right to say, "Lord, don't use this material. Don't use the material repentance." Do not use the material sin. We have a different material you can use. No, we're not the one building. We are co-laborers. He's the one building his church. And if he's going to build his church on the basis of preaching the truth, which includes repentance and righteousness and sin and calling, calling the sinner what he is, then we need to keep to the one who is building the church.
0: Do you know, that's so important and that's so refreshing to hear you say, it. and I've listened to many of your sermons and it's one of the things which... I think is a real blessing. You, I don't think, possess a watch because you aren't tied to time. When the Holy Spirit is leading you and you're preaching Lord's word and you're expanding that scripture, you're taking it out of the Bible and you're giving it to that audience, that congregation, whatever... There's no limit. Mm. And I think it's a very important thing because too many church services today, they call it a message, they call it a preach, they call it whatever. But it's 20 minutes, maybe it's 30, with a lot of sound bite, a lot of motivational speaking, but there's no conviction, there's no repentance, there's no changed lives. But people are told, Jesus loves you, just say a little prayer, say you're sorry. And And you're saved. (laughs) Welcome, brother and sister, you're a Christian. Sign up here for the Charities Commission so Uh, we can get the tax back. uh,
1: Exactly, exactly. It's it's really, it's, it's pathetic. And the truth is that if we truly are preaching the word, those who want to be saved, who are sincere, who love the truth, will be saved. Christ didn't look at numbers. He never looked at numbers. He looked at souls. Ministers today are looking at numbers. Mm. They're not looking at souls. Because if we're looking at souls, if it means we have only three people in the church, we're still going to label. We're going to give the best. We're going to pray. We're going to wait upon the Lord for those three souls that God has given us. But if it's about numbers, then guess what? We need to take some things off the menu because the, the, the numbers we desire... The food they want to eat, they wouldn't actually like repentance. They're not going to like the word sinner. They're not going to like the other things that uh, that Christ emphasizes, and they want to de-emphasize. So they take it off the menu. And that's where we now have the big numbers, but souls are not being saved. Yeah.
0: And that's the thing. We are measuring success. We are measuring the recognition of God's work as we see it through man's eyes, yes. not through God's measurement. Yes. So it's bums on seats. It's having a youth pastor, having a pastor for this, yes. having a large choir, a right. large worship band, an overseas mission, whatever it may be. Yes. But we're actually not protecting Absolutely. or leading the sheep or We're Absolutely. not saving anybody.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things I, I do tell the brethren, the workers in our church, And I tell them this because I don't want them to get frustrated. Mm. And I tell them, you know what, we don't do church here. So some of the things we're going to be doing here, right, may not be what they do out there. And some of the things they do out there, we may not be doing it here. In the sense that our focus here is souls. And souls will never get saved without the Word. So the Word of God is going to be given priority. The Word of God comes first. First. The Word of God isn't going to be in the second place, and it's just going to be the icing on the cake. But it's the main reason for why you're coming. And that's why many of the things we have done in the ministry is to get the Word out. One of the scriptures we use a lot is Psalm 68, verse 11. God gave the Word. Great is the company of those that published it. Mm-hmm. So we get the word out uh, through, by God's grace now, the radio station that we, we are working with you on, on Genesis Radio. Uh, sermon, audio, we're getting the word out. We have a, a CD program where somebody can buy 100 CDs in our church for just £25, so you can use it for evangelism. Oh, yes. fantastic. Yes, okay. just 100.
0: R- remind me about that later, because I, I when we finish off this, and come back to that, because I want to talk about... Um, The church itself, it's in Highgate to North London, isn't it? It's Parliament Hill?
1: Parliament Hill School, the main hall. Right, and
0: you just use it as the Bible school as well, or is that just for the church service?
1: Uh, Church service, the Bible school is just across the road, so it's just within the same vicinity also. But we do worship at Parliament Hill School at Camden. You know, so
0: all, all the CDs, DVDs people can get that from the website as well can they? yes that's right and it's a new website I've, I've had a look at it recently it's yes, been updated it's yes, really good actually yes, there. yes. there's a lot of stuff on
1: there we thank the Lord we also have um, what we call the home groups we have the volumes that we have put together right volume 1, 2 and 3 where we take topics and we now learn and study line by line precept upon precept a little here, a little there So people are coming together to study the word of God in their various localities. And that's scattered across the nation. We also have home groups in Texas and Alaska too.
0: So you've got one church centre in North London. Yes. But you're spread out around the world with a home group idea. That's fantastic.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And that's the way, you know... Because I was
0: going to say to you that... Your church is quite unique. Well, you're based in North London. You yourself live some distance away from Absolutely. there. But you've got two home groups in South London, North yes. Kent. You've got yes. others in West London. Yes. So the people going to your church are travelling some distance. Absolutely. And I think that's happening more and more. Certainly that's the case of Olga and myself. When we yes. go to our church, okay. we travel some, some distance there because there isn't a church yes. here in this area. And I yes. think that's happening more and more.
1: Yes.
0: But yours is unique because your home groups... Yes are again some distance away from the central yes, hub of the church building. Yes. But then you said Texas.
1: Yes. I thought,
0: he's going to mention London, <laughs> s- sort of the south coast, the home counties. And then you said Texas. Yes, well, you Alaska. can't really top that, can you?
1: I know, I know. It's it's the Lord's doing. And I, I know there are people out there that actually want the truth. Right. You see, one here, one there. The true church will always remain the remnant. Will always remain the remnant church. And as we, you know, Put out the word of God for people to hear. People have come across the word; they have listened to the teaching. It's what they actually want, and they've gotten back to us and said, "Please, can we have these materials? We want to start a home group here or there." And that's how we have had home groups now across, you know, across the borders of this uh, this country. You've
0: you just given me a rather large publication, Volume One, the Home Bible Study Series, yes. and it says it's a comprehensive group study material for believers who desire growth in their walk and intimacy with God. And that's, that's a lovely title, and a lovely way of summarising it. But I'm just going to count the pages here. This is a full-on document. This is really, really comprehensive, it says. Yes. I, I get the impression that without flavouring it, yes. you're very serious about this. Oh yes, And I don't mean to diminish anybody else who's a pastor, or a mm. church leader in the world. that You are focused 100%. And yes the material you're producing yes. is gonna follow that and it's gonna establish what the Lord has led you to do. Absolutely. Do you find then that when you hear other pastors, teachers, you read their publications, you see the DVDs, and we mentioned this earlier on about the motivational and the sign bite and the ultra bite smile and Jesus loves you <laughs> and everything's great. Which which is absolutely true. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Do you find that you're getting more response by being simply black and white? saying that Jesus Christ died for you Jesus Christ raised again from the tomb to show you that you will die once and then from then on for salvation Jesus was God when you teach the gospel and the very first subject on this is salvation yes so it's not about what was Jesus, yeah. what was the cross. It's not an alpha course. Mm. This mm. is full-on Bible study.
1: Absolutely. Do
0: you find this approach, which is quite novel in, in today's world, yes. is actually probably paying dividends for you, for the foundations of your church, and the growth of people coming to you? Do you yes. find they're actually staying yes. with yes. you?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There are quite a number of people who are actually tired, and they're frustrated. But sometimes these people also don't really know what they want but they know they need something they want something there's a craving and a longing within and quite a number of people now i mean that's the reason why you can have somebody all the way from alaska all the way from texas you know who want to associate and identify with the ministry you know somewhere in london Mm. in the backyard called you know camden or kentish town because of the uniqueness with regards to the truth the simplicity of the truth that actually saves the soul and upon which the power of God is manifested. Mm. We have uh, annual conferences and believe me, we usually have maybe more than 35 different churches represented at uh, conferences. Now listen, they're coming from their various churches, they're coming from their various denominations and they're coming to a conference, a weekend conference. Why? There's something that they are getting at the meetings. They're not that, getting elsewhere. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. So we have people who come out there from Dorchester, people that come from Northampton, people that come from Manchester, you know, from all across the country who want to come to highly conference centre in, Hen- in Hertfordshire To do what? To come and be and dine at the table of the Lord for three days, because they don't get it elsewhere. How often
0: do you run this conference?
1: Uh, It's once a year.
0: You see, to me, this is so relevant to the world we live in today. When the Lord called me to this radio station, it was exactly that. That's the epitome of what the Lord said to me, that my sheep need to be fed because there's a large gap in the understanding and the teaching and the growth of my children. Fill it. I will give you people like your good self who will preach the word. You just arrange for it to get out there Yes, I thought that this was just because of the local area that we live in in Kent, it's an epidemic here yes. but it hasn't set in around the rest of the country mm. having been to various other places in the country, yes. I was actually, not ashamed I was frightened yes. that it had spread so far even back to Northern Ireland where I come from which believe it or not, with all the problems of the past it is a very Christian culture you know, yes. in the very road that I grew up in, the corner is called Amen Corner because there's a church in every corner of it. Yes. But church isn't everything. No. Church is just a building, it's an establishment. Absolutely. What you're doing is you're bringing people to their knees, bring yes. them to the cross, bring them to their Saviour, to that recognition that they need to bring somebody else with them. Absolutely. And you're not going to get that in most of the modern church
1: Fortunately not. And the, the uh, funny thing is this the Sunday services we have now is as a result of the Bible school that we used to have in King's Cross then. People came from Liverpool, Dorchester, uh, Northampton, Manchester for the Bible school, which we had once a month then at King's Cross. Mm -hmm. Then after a while, members of the Bible school came to me and said, Pastor, we have nowhere else to go to now. Because of the teaching we have received at the Bible school, we are not convenient in our churches, and we can't wait once a month for the teaching any longer can you start a sunday service that's how we started that's why we have people coming from different all over. directions mm. all over coming for the sunday services
0: see that's quite common now people are traveling long distance yes. to go to church services yes. because one they're enjoying the fellowship yes. Two, they're hearing the word and they're growing.
1: Absolutely.
0: But three, they actually know that's where the Lord wants them to be. Yes. And travelling today in the UK really yeah. isn't a problem. We can forget about British Rail, but yes. most people can get anywhere within an hour, whether yes. it's a bus, whether it's a train, whether it's a local car. Yes. Yes. And I always remember people like um, Reinhard Bonnke when he was over in Africa and doing various things, people, he said, would walk for two days mm. to get to a crusade. Mm. And that mm. puts things into perspective. Absolutely. They would come there with their family yes. to hear the word of the Lord, yes. To praise the Lord yes. and then walk two days back again. Yes, you think, yes,
1: yes, yes, absolutely. Some
0: people won't even walk yes. to the end of the streets to the local I, church. I,
1: I know, I know, I know. Even Christ even said it himself during his days while on earth. He told the people, Look, Queen Sheba traveled all the way to see Solomon, yeah. and are a greater than Queen Sheba's here right now. Yeah. And some of you are not ready and willing to pay the price. But the way to look at it is, is this let's assume. A father or a mother has a child, God forbid, uh, that is in condition, has a medical condition, and it's so critical that it's a life threatening condition. And she's told that, look, the only person that can heal this child or attend to this medical condition is 60 miles away yeah. or 70 miles away. Guess what? They're not going to think twice. Of course not. And uh, we're talking about eternity. Mm-hmm. We're talking about eternity whatever whichever we look at it that child will still die one day maybe after he has grown old and you know but death will still come
0: but that's right. a really important thing you see yes. because most people if they do believe something that there's a creator there's a greater being whatever or even there's a god whatever definition they want to give god or the lord or people label as the lord yes. all they're looking for is heaven because that's what church teaches mm. when you die you can go to heaven if you accept jesus you can go <laughs> yeah. to heaven yes. and my dad said this before he passed away bless him he said most people want to go to heaven mm. they just don't want god there when they get there
1: yeah, absolutely
0: and that's the thing and that's the litmus test isn't it the people when you come into the lord's kingdom and i know this is part of your series which you're teaching on at the moment so i don't want to too much away from that okay but it's the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of god but it's a ruler the Lord has got the right to decide what He wants to absolutely. do and what He doesn't want to do, absolutely. and who are absolutely. we to question yes. because absolutely. we are created by Him. It's yes. like when He said to Job, yes. You know, absolutely. you're frightened by the behemoth, you're absolutely. frightened by these creatures yes. that I made, but absolutely. you don't
1: fear me. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh. absolutely. Isn't it absurd? And that, that's, you see, that's so fundamental. If we don't understand that it's about a kingdom, four things in any kingdom there's a king, there's a domain, mm. there are citizens, and there's rule. In every kingdom, let's take the physical kingdom, the natural kingdom. If you go to another country, they will have their own rules. They have their own citizens. They have a domain that belongs to them. And they have a king or they have a ruler. And the same thing also with the kingdom of God. God is the king. And this is, you know, the first segment we had, you know, uh, the other side of, uh, when we first started. You remember what we said about Israel? Yes. If we're going to understand God, we can only understand God through the lenses of the relationship between God and Israel. That's the only way we can truly understand with the, de- the, the dealings of God with his people. And I say this because when God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, What was he bringing them into? Exactly. A kingdom. He said, I'll make you a kingdom of priests in the book of Exodus. So, and if there's going to be a kingdom, there must be a king. And then what does God do? Through Moses and Mount Sinai, he gives them the rule of the kingdom. And what does he do also? He gives them their domain for the kingdom. So, in the physical, God was trying to show us something that has a spiritual implication now, the point I'm going to is this. If we are talking about a kingdom, and we live in that kingdom right now, every true believer is already living the kingdom life, Absolutely, yes. the heavenly life right now. Mm-hmm. So, every true believer, in some sense, is already in heaven. In some sense. In the sense that he already acknowledges the king. Is living his life according to the rule of the kingdom. Understands that the domain, which might be his own life, has been given to God. So God has his life as his domain. And that he's a citizen of that kingdom. So by the time we leave this earth, we're not actually going to anything strange. We've been living the life already before we died.
0: Very much so. And again, it's, it's that imagery again, that symbology of the children of Israel. We're grafted into that. But they're returning this Eliyab back to Israel. They have always claimed God as their king. And in increasing numbers, they're accepting the Messiah, the Amashiach. But they're going back to where they should have been, to the garden, to God's domain, to God's rule, yes. where God provides his providence and everything that he provides. We need nothing. Yes. And sometimes we can get caught up in all the prosperity gospels and all these other various aspects of the gospel, which do have their parts, But sometimes when you have these single issues, you neglect all the other important aspects
1: of the Bible. Absolutely.
0: So what I'm trying to say really is this, that we as Christians, we need to understand that once we're saved, it's regardless whether we're living in Israel, whether we're living in Ghana, whether we're living in the United Kingdom or Germany. He is God of all. Yes, he is. So Dwight Pryor, when he was teaching on the kingdom. Yes. Of heaven versus the kingdom of God, and he was trying to show that the children of Israel didn't mm. want to use the word God mm. or the, the, the yeah. Tetragrammaton. Yeah. They would simply supplement that with yes. heaven, heaven or whatever. Yes, but it's the point. Of, it's the king's yes. domain. That's absolutely. what kingdom is. It's the king's domain. Absolutely. And we need to respect it, no matter where we are. Yes. We are representatives of A, the kingdom. Our, our, so absolutely. whether we're at work, whether we're at home, whether we're at play, whether on holiday, as you said earlier, yes. we're God's ambassadors. Yes. Of the kingdom. Absolutely. And that kingdom then will transcend when the Lord comes back. Absolutely. And there will be no longer any enemies. There will be no longer any borders or anybody transcending in or trying to take away from the kingdom. It will be absolute.
1: Absolutely.
0: But we are that body.
1: That's right. That's right. That's so very important. And if we have that mindset, if churches and ministers are ministering exactly what we've just said right now, you will see the change. But many don't have the concept about the kingdom. They do not. Even the scripture says that Christ went about preaching the kingdom of God. Mm. The Bible says in Acts chapter 28 that for two whole years, Paul hired a house, and what was he preaching? He was preaching about the kingdom of God. Mm. And you can't preach about a kingdom without mentioning a king, without mentioning the rule of the kingdom. That's why when Nicodemus came to Jesus Christ, Nicodemus Christ said, Except a man be born again, yes. he cannot see the kingdom of God. What was Christ emphasizing? He was emphasizing the citizenship of the kingdom. Who are the people that are citizens of the kingdom, those who are born again, those who have had a change of life, those whom Christ has set free from the flesh, from the powers of darkness and the powers of iniquity, and have become a, you know, his own children, have become born again. So Christ, there, therefore, was emphasizing in that uh, situation, he was emphasizing that conversation with Nicodemus, what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom. So if somebody walks through the doors of the church, and hears about the kingdom of God, and hears about the citizens of that kingdom. We now understand when Christ now says, "Repent, listen for the kingdom hand, yeah. of God." Yeah. So that repentance means it's uh, the rule of the kingdom. So they, from day they one, they understand that the concept, the, the the calling I'm called to is a call to the kingdom. Am i ready married to pay the price. What is the price? Repentance. So when we now take repentance out, how are they going to get into the kingdom?
0: Exactly. It's the passport, isn't it? Exactly. It's the visa stamp.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So that's why Tell me a little
0: like bit about the church. You've, you've got this building in uh, North London in yes. Highgate. Yes. I think it's a school, is it?
1: Yes, it's a, it's a
0: school. It's a school what would be your style? I know your style of preaching. What would be your style of worship? I'm just reasoning, I'm trying to advertise for people who might live in there you don't know where you are because most churches are well advertised with either a spire or, yes. or a cross or a yes. label outside. But yes. sometimes when you're in a school, people don't realise you're there. But yes. I know you've got people coming from all over the country, but there may well be people who are listening today yes. or have heard of you and want to know, what I want to go along there. But yes. it's just to give them a little bit of a flavour of what the church service might be. Is it very traditional? Is it okay. orthodox in so much that there's hymns and or is it more modern in, in praise and worship? Or how would you, you describe it's, it?
1: it? It's actually a mixture. So what we do, though, when we start, we have... Um the opening songs. We have a mixture of contemporary songs as well as the hymns. Uh, we believe that the hymns have play a very significant role yes. in the church in terms of the messages and even the doctrines. You know that we sing out. You know we do in singing. So we have the songs, and then we have what we call a time of exhortation. As a church, we take uh, certain chapters, seven chapters a week. We read those chapters at home on our own, and then we come together as one group to share what has the Lord ministered Can
0: I just stop you there pastor yes. and I don't want to spoil what you're saying
1: Yes is that right
0: You just said 7 chapters a week so that's 1 yes. chapter per day Yes That doesn't sound an awful lot to a Christian who who's hungry for the word Yes but you and I both know that some churches don't do seven <laughs> chapters a year.
1: <laughs> I know. That's fantastic. I know. So I just want to encourage you Thank to keep you. doing that.
0: Seriously, Thank that is so vital. Yes.
1: So like in Luke chapter 4, the people come together now, and they, whatever the Lord you know, uh, has laid on their hearts, what specific places in those chapters did the Lord um, you know, reveal to them, what was impactful to them that they would like to share with the body of Christ. So we do that for some time. We have some time to pray, uh, and then we have what we call the kids' corner. We don't leave the kids out. We let the kids know what's going on, you know.
0: So there's no separate Sunday school while the parents... We don't
1: have, but they come in later on for the kids' corner. Mm -hmm. So the way we do it is immediately we start, the kids go to their session first, uh, and then they come later on for the kids' corner. We have the adults also involved in the kids' corner so that... The parents know exactly what's going on that is relevant for the children to know and how the enemy is working against the children and what the children should do to be able to you know, stand their guard against these, these deceptions. Then also, we have some other songs and then we have the message, we have the word, which is normally about one hour. So we start at 3.30 and we finish at 6 o'clock.
0: So why have you chosen that time? Is that because the, the venue is only available that time or do you find that's a good time today rather than traditional So, sort of 10, 11 o'clock and 8 o'clock in the evening or whatever? That's one
1: of the reasons. That's where, that's the time we could get for the hall. But also we have some people who attend other churches but they still want to come. So it gives them that opportunity.
0: To that, that says a lot, doesn't it? It does. It really yeah. does. <laughs> Can I ask you some questions then? Yes. You, you've told us about the church. You've told us about your background and coming to the Lord. We've mentioned the website, but on the website... You can find details there about the Bible school. Yes. You can find how to get some of your publications, whether it's the, uh, the volumes on the Bible study. Yes. You can have a look at some of your CDs and DVDs as well. And there's a large archive yes. of recorded material that you've got there as well. Yes, we have over
1: 120 sermons. So you have there about 150 hours of um, ministration on the website at the moment.
0: Just let me confirm the website did too, because an I know it's changed. It's www.moftmomentsoftruthministries.com. moments of truth dot com. That's yep. the new website, is it?
1: Yes, it's aww.moft uh, ministries. M O F T Ministries. M O F T Yep. Yeah, dot com.
0: You can find links to that obviously on, on the Genesis of G C R website as well and also on our Facebook page, but I guarantee you if you go there, you won't have a few minutes, you'll be there for some time. There's so much <laughs> stuff there. It, it's very plain, it's very simple, laid out. Yes. But there's, all, there's a comprehensive, yes, encyclopedia stuff. Yes. There's and a lot of stuff. That's what
1: has called us to get, get the word out. The word will deliver. The word will cleanse. The Lord will transform. The Lord, the word rather, would change people's life. The word will give them the victory. If they get the word, they will get to know the Lord.
0: Your, your style of preaching, in many ways, is very traditional, very old-fashioned. Some people might say. But that exegesis style of taking it word for word, verse yes. by verse, yes. theme by theme yes. is so important, and it's something which you do. And as you mentioned already jokingly, that yes. you don't cut it off because you've done twenty-five minutes. No. And
1: that's my introduction. When
0: the Lord says it's finished, it's finished. Yes. And I've noticed sometimes when you're preaching, you get to a point where it's about thirty-five minutes. And it's almost like you just you've just done your warm up exercises. Yes. Suddenly, you, as runners, you say you're on the second breath or second wind. You're off. If you if you had four hours, you would fill it, wouldn't you?
1: Yes, yes, I will, I will. And I think it's the, it's the grace of God. That's one of the good things of staying in the calling that one has been called on to. If you are not called to it, you can't do it. But you know, the word of God is sweet. The word of God is life. You know, the word of God is true, and you don't have to fake it if you are preaching God's word and you stay to the calling of God. God will give you the enablement. The Word of God is so important in the days that we live in that we need to have as much as we can so that people can grow in the knowledge of God's Word. It's like what John the Beloved said in his epistle. For some people, he referred to them as children. Others, he said young men. Others, he said fathers. Mm. So he had a group of, you know, a range of different people in the church. And the only thing that can bring about the growth is the Word, especially in these days of apostasy where there's so much error. So you need people to sit under good teaching for good time to hear the word of God. After Christ rose from the dead, what did he do? He had a sandwich course of 40 days again. No public ministry this time, just with his disciples. And that says, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God.
0: Do you know, it's something that I think is really important. Sometimes we use terms conversion yes. you know when, when i was converted because we think of paul the damascus road yes. so we think we have our conversion experience etc and that's not to diminish that yes. but we're called to make disciples yes and the reality of discipleship is like an apprenticeship yes. it's one tutor one pupil, maybe yes. one shooter, maybe two or three pupils, yes. but really that's the magical number, if you use that term correctly but you don't want to overload it yes. but that's one person leading two or three yes. and being with them very personal yes. and then very personal with him and it's growing together. Absolutely. I think we've got away from that very simple format yeah. that the Lord showed his disciples Absolutely. and then the disciples showed their disciples Absolutely. we want to do everything on mass. we want yes. to do it quick, we want to do it easy, Absolutely. we want to have it over in 25 Minutes and then they can have tea and buns. Uh, Absolutely,
1: yeah, that's that's right. They want to have fifteen minutes uh, uh, message or fifteen minutes sermon and then one hour tea and coffee. Yeah, you know it doesn't it doesn't work that way. You need to stay at it. The work of the Lord. That's why God said He's looking for laborers, not executives. Mm. Laborers, people that would labor, they roll their sleeves and you know line by line, step by step, help the sheep, the flock of God, lead them one step at a time. And that takes time. It, it, it's rigorous sometimes, but it, it's um, it re- it's rewarding when you see people being established and being consolidated in the things of God. And the truth is, there's no other option. That is the only way that it's going to work, which is taking it step by step. That's what Christ did with his disciples, step by step, for three and a half years. And after he was to go, he said, look, you know what, you guys, still stay and tarry until you are endued with power from on high. Why? Because even after they had received the Holy Ghost baptism, after being with Christ for three and a half years, after having 40 days of a sandwich course with Jesus Christ when he rose from the dead, guess what? Peter still still didn't fully understand that the Gentiles were to be grafted in. Do you know? After all those years,
0: that is so important, and it's also so encouraging. Mm. Because we mentioned earlier this evening about Jude, yes. the Lord's brother, heavenly, earthly yes. brother, yes. and James, his other yes. earthly brother, yes. and he had other brothers and sisters. Yes. But they didn't recognise who the Lord was, Absolutely. and they lived with him. They grew up in the same house, yes. and it wasn't until afterwards, that suddenly,
1: yes. the penny they drops or whatever. There.
0: We don't know about his other brothers, yes. but it's really it's a word of encouragement to people tonight who think. This doesn't make sense to me. I don't get this.
1: Mm.
0: Neither did James, neither did Jude. But eventually, you know, seeking you shall find. knock on the door shall be opened. It's perseverance. And that will come through. It will. will. Sometimes it takes longer. Mm. Other people get it quicker. It doesn't matter. Mm. As long as you get there in the end. It's your reward. It's your prize. And once
1: there's that sincerity... Absolutely, that's a good word. Very yes. important. Mm. That's why Paul the apostle, as evil as he was before he got saved, he was an injurious person. He was a persecutor. He wasted the church, as he said in, in his own words. But because God saw the sincerity, he thought he was serving God, yeah. and that's why God, you know, hooked him up on the way to Damascus and got him saved. But like you rightly said, when we get saved, we now have to grow. Uh, Second Peter three eighteen says, "Grow in grace." Uh, later on uh, in an earlier part of the Bible, Peter also says again he says that we should put aside these things, the malice and what have you that and take the sincere milk of the Word that we might grow thereby mm-hmm. and then those who are growing steadily little by little eventually when they get to the book of Hebrews, and Paul says that we should they should not eat meat they will understand because they have been growing one step at a time, one step at a time, and the only way to do it is to roll our sleeves up and be persistent and be consistent and don't be bothered about what other people are doing outside in the name of Christianity.
0: Isn't that a real distraction? I was just thinking, I was going to ask you about what you consider to be the main issues for the church today, not just here in the UK but worldwide, and there are many but I think you've answered the question in reality is that we need to be serious about this. Yes. We can't be frivolous. We can't be amateurish about this. People's lives are at stake. Yes. And the Lord's reputation as our God and saviour is being ridiculed by all this other apostasy and ecumenical agendas and yes. all these other things that we yes. know about. We need to be aware of it and we need to take it seriously, but don't dwell on it because the Lord's dealing with it. We can't. Those powers, principalities, they're yes. for the Lord to deal yes. with.
1: Yes. You're very right. You have just answered the question we need to know and this is the truth now many don't know what is at stake Mm. including the ministers the pastors and the teachers because paul knew what was at stake he was ready to lay down his life when peter james and john understood what was at stake they were ready to lay down their lives there were people who denied their deliverance as we're told in hebrews chapter 11 they rather suffer they rather go through the persecution than take deliverance that will make them compromise. Mm. Why? Because they knew what was at stake. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we'd rather burn in the fire, we know what is at stake. Daniel said, "Look, we're not going to take, I'm not going to take this uh, bread and um, wine that's been offered to the idols why? I know what is at stake." Ruth said, "Look, Naomi, don't stop me from going to Bethlehem Judah. Your God will be my God. You may not give me husband, you may not give me wife, I mean husband or children, but your God will be my God why? She knew what was at stake." Joseph said, "I'm not going to commit um fornication with Potiphar's wife why? He knew what is at stake. This generation doesn't know. What is at stake? And that's the reason why we have what is going on in churches around today. But if we, by God's grace, can stick to what God has said we should stick to, understanding what is at stake, then we will see a revival in the land.
0: A lot of people use that term revival. A lot of people band it around and it's in songs and it's all those things. And without diminishing that, that yeah. term revival... Are we not guilty, perhaps, of wanting something that almost underwrites what we're doing? So if we do church this way, we will get a revival, which means God's going to go, you've done the right thing, well done, here's another blessing because you've blessed me. But thinking back to what I know about revivals, they've all come out of sadness, they've all come out of persecution, they've all come out of hard times when people have realised... There's got to be more to this yes. than what I'm getting now. Yes. The pay packet, that pain, all the hardship that I'm going through. I've lost yes. the house, lost my wife. Why? Yes. When we're brought to our knees, yes. we may have revival. Yes. But I think here in the UK particularly, I know people are listening around the world, is that we're a bit snobbish in the UK. We yes. think that we are...
1: We've arrived.
0: We're here. We, we've, we've got Safe success. Home. Other people haven't. Yes. yes. But the reality is... That because we are so well catered for here in the UK, the Westernized world, whatever term you want to give it, yes. it's probably harder. It's like the rich man in the eye of the needle. Yes. Because life here is so easy, it's so good. Yes. And it's not until suddenly you're down in your chin strap you realize. Absolutely. I've been conned here. Ab- absolutely. I've been following the wrong thing. Yes. Why didn't I listen to that person who told me in Sunday school about Jesus? Absolutely. Why didn't I accept it then? Yes. But the point is, if you accept that whatever time yes. you're with the Lord, yes, that's, that's sometimes true. we're stubborn, sometimes we're difficult, sometimes we're belligerent and all those things. Yes. But the Lord doesn't give up on us, yes. no matter where we go. Yes. But I think sometimes in this country, because of its affluence and because of our attitude in the secularized world we live in, it's almost it's a pagan culture in the UK. Yes, you've got it is, it is. I think you've got to be realistic yes, that the church has lost its way, it's yes. lost its controlling influence, and that's the church as a mass body. Yes but the Lord hasn't given up on us. There are still remnants here, Absolutely. there, everywhere, and Absolutely. the Lord is busy. You mightn't hear about it in yes. the church times, you mightn't hear about it on various websites, but yes. the Lord is doing a local revival here. He's doing something there. Absolutely. It mightn't be as a nation, Absolutely. And perhaps we will never have a revival again in the Absolutely. UK, yes. but China's going through it, Latin America's going through it, yes. India's going through it, yes. and sometimes we're too into so it, we think, well, why can't it happen here in the UK again? yes.
1: yes. Oh. Yeah, that's true, that's true. And it's a very simple answer. If you want to get the Bible results, you do it the Bible way. The Bible way. There's no other way. The, The People of God in the Bible, they tarried, they prayed, they wanted God, they desired God. They wanted more of his grace, more of his holiness, more of his righteousness. They were heavenly minded. They were looking out for Christ, their Savior. You know, they were not bogged down with the things of this world to the point where it had become an idol in their heart, you see. If we want to get the Bible resource, we just do it the Bible way. Uh, Paul the Apostle who was not just an apostle, was not just a, a prophet, a teacher, and he had all the five offices. And at some point in, the, in his epistle to the Galatians, he said, You Galatians who I travail in birth again unto Christ be formed in you. Meaning that he wasn't just coming to preach 5 minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes, but even after his long sessions of preaching, he's going back to the closet, praying and calling upon the Lord, traveling on their behalf, until Christ be formed in them. So when he's coming out to minister again, he has first of all, in the closet prayed and prayed for the people, prayed for the word, prayed for their hearts, prayed for their understanding, prayed that they will be humbled, prayed that God will, will take away the darkness from their eyes, prayed that God will take away every deception. So with that background of prayer, he's not going to give the word. So when he now put the word of God he's giving them with the closet of prayer, the travail, the intercession that he had, put them together, there was revival. So if we're going to get the same results, it's not going to be just bringing the Bible to the pulpit and you say, God loves you, God cares for you, everybody, bye-bye, bye-bye, go, you have rest. No, what are we doing in the closets? Oh, are we really praying? Are we traveling? Are we calling upon the Lord? Are we asking the Lord that the word that goes forth will be like fire, that will burn the chaff, that will burn, you know, the tears in them? Are we praying that God will make the word to be quick, powerful, and sharper than any two edged sword, that will pierce through the dividing asunder of the soul and spirits and joints and marrow, will be a descendant of the intents and the thoughts of the house of the people? Are we praying that, in like in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, that the word of God will be like a hammer, so that as they're listening to the, to the sermon, they, you know, every stony heart, everything that's incorrigible in their life is being smashed to pieces so that god can build his throne in their heart
0: do you know that is such a powerful and irrelevant word and it made me think while you were saying that i don't know the exact saying but the saying was something along the lines of why is it we always make the same mistakes but expect different results the reverse of that is if we're always doing the right thing we're going to get the same results Absolutely. if we're doing it it's god's way god never fails he never disappoints yeah. There's no confusion. So if you do it the way his method prescribes, the result will be his.
1: Absolutely. Look at our Savior Jesus Christ. Think about this. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. Let's stop there first before we take the rest. It means Christ was looking over his sheep. It means Christ could see what Peter didn't see. It means Christ was ahead, knowing what the devil was planning. And then Christ now says further on, But I have prayed for you. How many ministers are able to pray for their members? Really traveling prayer, asking that God will not allow their people to fall to the error of the devil. It's so easy to say, oh, apostasy, people are falling, and people are going away of uh, the following Joel Austin, sorry for mentioning names, and all these other people. Who's that Joel Austin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm uh, following all these other people. Are we tiring? Are we praying? Are we lifting them up before the Lord? Are we interceding? Are we like Moses? Are we standing in the gap? Are we like Daniel? Are we praying for these people? Mm. So that God Almighty will establish His will and work in their lives. That's why the that's why the, the people in the Bible days, they were able to stand. Not just because of the word, but they also had ministers like Paul that kept praying for them. I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the things of God that you'll be enlightened to know the things of God and understand the hope of your calling. So what? you have ministers praying for them, travelling for them, by the time they come to minister, they've already watered the ground and it's ready for the seed to...
0: See, this is important, Pastor. I've got a lovely friend and I won't mention her name, but she is a real prayer warrior. And we use that term sometimes frivolously, but this lady is. Mm. And it doesn't matter what the situation is, her response is, we'll pray about that. Yes. And I think we've lost... I'll use the term gifting. We've lost that gifting of prayer because prayer sometimes becomes a ritual. Mm-hmm. It almost becomes, we've got to pray at the beginning of the service, we've got to pray at the end, <laughs> we've got to pray at having a meal, we've got to pray at nighttime, yes. you know, and it just becomes a religious yeah. thing, you yep. know. But prayer is our communication to God and it's not just us telling God things and giving him our praise and our thanks, it's also listening to his response.
1: Absolutely. And
0: sometimes we don't get that. It's like, Lord, I've got to tell you this, I've got to tell you that, I've got to pray for my friend, and I need this, and that happened. And we offload to the Lord, which is fine. Mm. But sometimes we don't stop and say, sorry, Lord, did you say something? Absolutely. You know, we've lost that.
1: Absolutely. You know, and that ties back into where we started from, the word. Mm. Many people have, you know, asked or made inquiry, of or have complained, how do I know how to pray, I'm really, you know, I'm not very good in prayer, but the truth is this, the one who reads the word will pray, because the word you read will challenge you, for instance, I open the Bible and I want to read the word of God, and then I just get stuck at Matthew chapter 5 verse 8, that says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know what? And I can't read any further. I just begin to pray. Father, please, Lord, grant me a pure heart. I can't do it myself. So the word itself directs us on how to pray. So we're praying the word back unto God. The Bible is in the book of uh, Corinthians. It says, he that thinketh, he standeth, let him take heed, lest he falls. So, Lord, I come with all humility. I don't have any strength, I don't have any power of my own, but give me the grace to stand. Give me the grace, Lord, not to deny thee. Give me the grace, Lord, to uphold your holy name. So that has helped in the area of prayer. I read in the book of Thessalonians that there will be a falling away. I don't say, well, yeah, there's those those people. No, is it God... Help me, Lord, that I wouldn't fall away by your grace. I read in the book of Corinthians that every man's work will be tested. Father, give me the grace, Lord, that I'm not going to do a work that will be burnt by fire on that day. Help me, Lord, to do your will. Strengthen me. So if we really read the word as we ought to, the word will help and aid us to pray. All right.
0: Absolutely. I was going to ask you what you think are the main issues. I think I did actually, what are the main issues, concerns? For the church today. But I think really we've got there by, yes. by default, by the Lord leading Is yes. it's prayer. Yes, People aren't coming to Him. We're, we're using various other Meth- methods yes, and various other man made ideas. Yes. And it's the same problem since the beginning of time. Yes. You've got a problem, so you ask your friend, yes. you ask another friend, yes. you phone up some helpline, and you get different opinions, and you're now more confused than ever you were. Yes. Sometimes we go to the Lord in prayer yes. as a last resort. We need to be going there as a first response.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that's the default setting, Absolutely. prayer. And it's, a, it's our major weapon. We have the full armor of God, we know, yes. we know that, but it is our weapon. Yes. I can think of two historical situations. One was the Spanish Armada, one was the Second World War, where this country as a nation prayed because they, they felt that basically they were going to be made to die. Yes. Because of the Spanish Romana, because of the Second World War. And we prayed as a nation. Okay. And the Lord listened. Yes. And there's many examples that we can all come together and say, we did this and this happened. Yes. The point is that the Lord listens. Yes. And he does take on board what we're saying. And the perfect example of that to me is whenever he describes in the Bible, the family had gone to bed.
1: Yes.
0: And the friend had come by and need some bread. Yes. Go away. roll asleep. Yes. You're my friend. I need yes. some bread, yes. uh, through persistence, yes. and it's almost like the Lord saying, "You will get to me." You know, if you really need something—not you really want something—but if you really need something, because yeah. I know what you need, yes. yeah, I will provide. Absolutely, but persistence. Is something we have lost because everything in this world is so accessible, Microwave. so instant, isn't it? It's just, bing, it's there.
1: Instant coffee. Exactly. Instant tea. And we've lost that.
0: We've lost that. We'll
1: like bring, it, bring it into the church. It's really unfortunate. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's interesting what you mentioned right now about prayer because the two parables that Christ gave about prayer underscores persistency and importunity. Mm-hmm. Those two things. Both has to do with that the one you just mentioned and the second one about the widow and the unjust judge christ is telling us something that the church tries to neglect yes some people say just have faith and everything will be okay hunky-dory no christ was teaching us we have to travail we have to be persistent in prayer you know why because when we pray like that it doesn't just give us what we desire but something actually happens to us going through that kind of prayer. There's a kind of holiness we experience. There's a new opening of who God is that we encounter. So it's not just for what we are praying for, but actually there's a spiritual experience we encounter when we travel in prayer.
0: Mm. You see, it's so important. When we think of the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane, so near his death, And he prayed and he asked his disciples to stay awake. He didn't ask them to pray with him because it was a personal prayer to his Father in heaven. Mm. And if Jesus, the Son of God, needs to pray, why do we think that we don't need to? Absolutely. And that to me is such a relevant piece of scripture and for lots of other reasons. But if the Lord showed us by example, by that template of what we call the Lord's Prayer how to pray, yes. that we pray to the Father, but that we should pray. And even he prayed. Yes. Why do we feel that sometimes, well, we don't need to do it as because much. we've lost our again, connection with God.
1: Once again, we don't know what is at stake. Yeah. My dear brother, immediately we know what is at stake. You know, some people say, well, I can't pray. It's a lie. Mm. If they're faced with an issue... Nobody's going to teach them how to pray. They're not going to go to a school of prayer. Because at that point in time, they know what is at stake. Absolutely, absolutely. You see, people don't understand what is at stake. That's the reason why they don't pray. And the Lord
0: even told us there will be times when you can't formulate words, whenever you can't think of what to say, you're in desperate need, yes. he will give you moans and groans to speak to the Spirit. Absolutely. He understands what we're doing,
1: Absolutely, what we're thinking.
0: Absolutely. You know? Isn't that a gracious God? He, he is. You know, for every situation, everything that we go through, yes. he understands, but yes. it's the fact is we're reaching out to him. Yes, We might not be able to put a sentence together because we're yes. so much pain, anguish, distress. He reads everything. He, reads he everything. knows exactly he, what, what we knows, need. He knows, absolutely. But as you said earlier tonight, it's that worship, and prayer is worship. Yes. It's that reaching yes. out and recognizing that you are our God, yes. and we love you. Yes, We can never really totally understand you But what you've told us, we love, we appreciate, and we're so blessed by it. And that's one of the things that I think, just as we're getting close to, we should actually, I've cut this off some time ago, but we had a bit of a technical issue, so I've let it run over, so we get their full hour back, just in case there was a problem with that recording. But when we look at the world today, and it's ever-marching towards disaster and chaos and all the world's leaders in the un and all these various institutions which we've put together yes. who are trying to say well if we do this we can solve that and if this happens then we'll do this and we'll send troops into syria and yes. we'll bomb this country and yes. we'll oil prices will do this and yes. the steel all, all these things are happening all this perpetual nonsense that's going on in the world yes. yet when we read again the book of amos and we read other scriptures that all these things the lord knows about Absolutely. yeah We read, as you mentioned earlier, the children of Israel and their escape from Egypt, which is synonymous of the world, and the plagues which went through that beforehand, Mm. with all the persecution coming to the world, whether we're a millennial, premillennial, or whatever we look at as rescatology, we are not going to be harmed. Mm. The children of Israel, through that whole persecution with Pharaoh, the frogs didn't bother them the plagues with the bulls, the fleas, yes. all those things. It didn't bother yes. them. The Lord is on your side. Absolutely. What have you got to fear? Absolutely. You may have a hard time. Yes. But we need to remember that there are people in Syria
1: yes.
0: and other places in the world, Nigeria, yes. India, all yes. the places in the world who are being persecuted for their faith. Yes. And we need to remember those because there are brothers and sisters. Absolutely. No more, no less than they are in our local church. Absolutely. They're all part of the body Absolutely. of our Lord. And we sometimes neglect that our brothers yes. and sisters yes. are being persecuted. And yes. we hear these stories from Barnabas and from Elise yes. International, great yes. publications. Mm. But sometimes we forget yes. that it may be here. Yes. And we think, Oh, because this is a United Kingdom, we're, we're exempt. We're, yeah, well, we're, no, we're not, we're not. We're not. No, actually. In no. fact, our
1: situation is worse. And i tell you why. Those guys who are being persecuted right now and going through very hard times with their persecutors, can I tell you something? Go ahead. They are closer to God than we are. Absolutely. They understand the visions of heaven more than we do. They're able to pray more than we do. They are touching heaven more than we can, right? Because many people here are just resting on their, you know, co- you know, in their comfort zone, you know, just having a nice time, not able to pray, not able to read the word, not able to understand the word. But these people are being persecuted. They are closer to heaven than we are.
0: There was a, a video which done the rounds on YouTube, and I don't know if you see it, but there was four or five Christian guys and I think this was Iran, not Syria, but it was ISIS, uh, or not Iraq, my apologies. They were going to behead them. Yes. And they're on their knees. And they let them have a, a last word. And every one of them prayed to the Lord who prayed a lie. And one or two of them were saying, As the Lord did, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what to do. Lord, take me home. Lord, I love you. Mm. But they all mentioned Jesus. They yes. all mentioned the Lord. They all mentioned their God. In front of this audience with knives, spears, yes. bombs, yes. bullets, guns, yes. they weren't in fear. Yes they knew they were going to a better place. Absolutely. They knew they were going to the Lord's Amen. kingdom and this world couldn't hurt a- them any longer. Amen. And that was such a powerful statement. Yes. But sometimes we think these things only happen overseas. Mm. We're okay here in the UK. Yeah. We're okay here in France. We're okay yeah. you know, in South Africa or whatever. It's no. so a matter of
1: time. <laughs>
0: that's the reality. And that's the thing which I really want to just finish up with tonight. Yes. With the things we've talked about, the apostasy in the church, the ecumenical march, mm. The world events, all the famines, all the disasters, all the earthquakes the Lord has talked about. Do you think now, again with the children of Israel going back to Israel and all the events that's happening in Israel, are we now in that final chapter? Are we at that place in history where the Lord basically is sitting at the right-hand side of the Father and the Father saying, Son... Get your ch- shoes on because you're yes. going back down in a minute.
1: I believe so. We're very, very near now. Yeah. Very near. Christ said, "When you see these signs, know that it's very much round the corner." I do believe so. That we are very near that time, and it's just a matter of time now. It could be at. It could even be before you know we finish right yeah. now. I believe so. I believe so. And that's why, as a church and as a people, and for those who are listening to us today, who are Christians, number one, they should make sure that they are right with god they should make sure that they are actually following his ways they should make sure that their relationship with the lord is in, is intact and for those who aren't saved and they are listening tonight or whichever whatever time they're listening right now they should come to the savior he loves them who knows it might just be because of you the lord hasn't come yet and he just wants you to come in he wants you to be saved at the 11th hour so that by the grace of God, when he does, when the last trumpet does sound and it takes people home, uh, we'll be there by God's grace.
0: You're currently doing the series, The Kingdom of God. We we mentioned it earlier on. Today we started on Jerusalem, and tomorrow's the second part of that. Without giving too much away, because we won't be in and listen. But is Jerusalem, I know Israel is important, but is Jerusalem the focal point of this end-time play-out?
1: Yep, it's the boiling pot. Let me say, the boiling pot, okay. It, it yeah. is indeed, uh, it, I read we don't even really have the time, otherwise, we would have gone into so many things. Do you yeah. know that when Christ went to Jerusalem, he didn't sleep in Jerusalem? I didn't know that, he left and went back to Bethany, right. and then he came back again. And the reason why is because Satan will always have an interest in what God has an interest in. The devil will always have an interest in what God has, has an interest in. And because God has an interest in Jerusalem, as at the time of Christ and up to now, right now, Satan has infiltrated Jerusalem with his evil. Okay. That's the reason why the Bible says in the book of Revelation, it describes Jerusalem as Sodom and Egypt. Where the Lord was crucified.
0: Right, yes.
1: So it's looking at the spiritual aspect of Jerusalem. And there are many things that are going to happen when the Antichrist comes. He's going to forge a peace with Jerusalem at the center. For him to come on that platform to deceive the people.
0: Do you think will that person have to be acceptable to the Jewish nation, to the Muslim nation to the secular world and to Christianity, something which they we'll will all accept. Or, yes. I strongly believe that there's, there's a person somewhere in the world today, either in infancy or someone who's an established, mature person, yes. who maybe and this is a concept, does not mean this is biblical, so please yes. don't think this okay. is an exposition here. What I'm saying is that I genuinely believe that there's somebody in this world today who perhaps maybe was born of a Jewish family, maybe mum was mm. Jewish, father was Catholic, mm. who grew up in, in a Christian country, but married a Muslim lady. I'm just using that as an idea. Somebody who every aspect of the world's religious economy can say, well, yeah, we accept him because he's married to a Muslim lady. We accept him because he was born Jewish or his mum was a Jew. He's got to be all things to all people, this person, hasn't he?
1: Yes, but one of the things we have to also remember is that he's going to come at a time when the nations are desperate. Yes. And Mm. that plays a very vital role. Mm. That they, they, they want peace now. So even if he's not somebody who, in the first sight, is acceptable to the people, the fact that there's crisis, Satan needs crisis, he works with crisis, they're desperate for someone, for something to happen, for there to be peace. And this man now will bring the solution. And they will now have to choose, say, well, even though he might not be this, but if he has the answer, Let's go along with him. Even though there might be a comma in this other area, right? Maybe he's not a Muslim, or he's not a Catholic, or even if he's not a Jew, because we're not actually told, you know, exactly. Mm. But if he has the answer and we're in a desperate need globally, why not? And People that's what will accept. What, it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that platform is going to come.
0: Pastor, I really thank you for your, your word tonight. It, it's welcome. really been an encouragement to me, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed it. Thank We've you. covered a lot of ground, and yes. what, what I would like to do is for you just to close in, in prayer tonight before we go. But before we do, I would just like to correct a slight error. O- on your website, okay. you, you mentioned your program and the times it plays out. The actual times your program now plays out every day at 11 o'clock in the morning, okay. weekdays, and 8 o'clock p.m. in the evenings, okay. 9 o'clock Saturday morning, okay and Sunday morning, okay. and then 8 o'clock Sunday and Saturday evening games. You actually oh, get a bit extra. You didn't oh, realize. I didn't know that. <laughs> you know? And, and, and it's very important Thank to me you. because okay. you're one of the few programs that we air that takes yes. a full hour. Yes. Most things are tailored for the radio, so it's 25 yes. minutes to 30 minutes, which is great, you know, okay. no problem whatsoever. Yes. But yes. we need to have sound biblical teaching because yes. people, as we mentioned, aren't yes. getting it other places. So yes. just to remind people... Okay they can listen to you okay. on Genesis every day of the week. Okay. If they miss the morning programme, yes. they'll hear it repeated in the evening, and then the weekend one will then lead into the next week as well. Great. Some series are longer than others, but well, I think there's 13 episodes in the current series, I believe, on, on the Kingdoms. So we're about halfway through that on about number eight. Mm. So I would just encourage people to continue listening because it's a really important, really relevant series. Yes. If they haven't listened to it all, they can get all that on your website as well, can't they?
1: Okay. Yes, they can. Okay, they so can. do they Everyone have to register for that or is it, they master. don't have to register
0: anything? Mm, sorry, they don't have to register for that no, or nothing, just not not simply at all, not at all. go click and they, they can get to fantastic. Yes, Pastor Samson, thank you very much. Thank bless you. Would you close in prayer for us? Yes, yes, bless why you. Not.
1: Heavenly Father, we do thank you. What a wonderful time it is to gather, you know, together at the feet of Jesus Christ and just to dine at this table. Father, we do thank you. We bless your name. Lord, we pray that the word that has gone out at this session will be a blessing to all our listeners around the globe in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, help us, Lord, that we will continue to march on as Christian soldiers doing your work, doing your bidding. Lord, not looking back, Father God, in heaven until the final day when the last trump shall sound and the Lord will take his people home. For as many who have listened today, we pray that this session would have strengthened them in the inner man, in the name of Jesus. Those who live around London, if they want to come to the church, Lord, we pray you will direct them by your grace. Bring them, Lord, to Camden. Uh, They'll have the details on the website. And if they come, Lord, we pray that you will meet them at the point of their spiritual needs, in the name of Jesus. Lord, finally, I pray for Genesis Christian Radio. Father, I just pray that that which you have begun, you will perfect to the very end, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Father, we do thank you and we bless your name. In Jesus' righteous name we pray. Amen.
0: Amos Farrell on GCR, keeping you informed from a biblical perspective. Genesis Christian Radio is a listener support Christian radio service. We thank you for your continued prayer and financial support. If you would like to donate to GCR, please check out our website and Facebook page and click on the donate logo. GCR, Genesis Christian Radio, no compromise biblical teaching on TuneIn and www.genesischristianradio.com.